Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Sets and Reps podcast. This is your life. This is your lifestyle. I'm your host, Greg Gadanian. And this is a very special episode. I get to sit down and talk to my friend, Ryan Phelps. He is a classmate of mine. We're both in the PTA program. That's physical therapy assistant. We've both been loving it so far. We are going to begin our careers in a couple years after, of course, after we pass the board's exam and get licensed. Heck yeah. But we are going to be working alongside in a partnership with physical therapists in treating the needs of patients, all kinds of patients, all kinds of pains that they're dealing with, all kinds of injuries and function related problems, impairments, functional limitations. That's what we've been working through so far with this year. The semester just ended. Uh, At the time I'm recording this introduction, it is several weeks after this podcast was recorded. And it's currently uh, winter break for the holidays. So we've got a couple weeks off here. It's been a really good time to just kind of chill and debrief after finals. I took four finals, did pretty well in most of them. And the next three semesters, because this is a two-year program, the next three semesters are going to be pretty, pretty insane. So I'm ready for it. And come whatever comes, the only way is through. Am I right? So on today's episode, we basically cover all different important aspects of an athlete. Ryan played football in college so I get to hear his experience uh, working with the team and he also has been playing football since a very young age and so we use that to kind of take a look at what some important skills are for adolescents as they you know play multiple different sports and they figure out what they want to focus on and pursue what are these important skills that they need to develop now that will make them successful in college we also talk about injuries and the increase in overuse injuries in the younger population and how it's also really important to balance sports and education um We also talk a little bit about the stigma of youth and weightlifting and how a lot of people make the claim that it stunts their growth. I'll just want to let you know right now, I'm a big advocate. Of course, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a big advocate of lifting weights and weight training. And even the younger folks can do it. Doesn't matter. As long as your technique and your movement is optimal and you do it with a fitness professional or someone that knows what the heck they're doing, you should be all right and you don't have to just do machines so that's that's my take on it we talk a lot more in detail about that and just in general we kick back and have a good time because both of us have some uh, leeway or or some pull in this area of course i mentioned ryan has been an athlete pretty much his entire life and i am a trainer and i've had a lot of experience working with youth athletes and I um, know some stuff and I want to pursue that more and follow through with it as I develop myself in my profession and in my career so without any further ado I say that 
every episode and I might keep saying it until I come up with a more intelligent way to segue. This is Sets and Reps with Ryan Phelps. I hope you enjoy. This is an audio only podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Very warm welcome to Ryan Phelps and uh, my guest today. And very warm welcome to all of you returning to Sets and Reps. I've had a lot of fun with this so far. First of all, how are you, dude? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. I was uh, really excited when you um, talked to me about this and you were toying with the idea of doing a podcast in general. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked to be here. I'm pumped to talk about our uh, topics today, see if we can get anything productive done, but we'll see about that. We do have a lot to talk about and we do have a tendency to not get anything done. I, I know that because Ryan right here is one of my classmates. We're both going through the PTA program. That's a battle in and of itself, huh? Yeah, man. I mean, we've been we have we've some been, great classmates. and We do. Yeah. We've been striking at that so far. Not striking out, but um, just kind of putting in the work, building a little bit of the wall every day, a little bit at a time. Some shout-out to Trump and also shout-out to um, – <laughs> will smith there <laughs> did you watch did you watch the uh the fight the tyson and um roy jones jr fight by any chance See yeah that? i saw some uh i saw some bits and clips uh unfortunately i didn't get the pay-per-view because i was um otherwise occupied with other activities but saw some highlights and i don't really agree with the ruling personally i think tyson kind of won that fight <laughs> i think so too uh he was very like, he's very like powerful and just going after Roy, um, still. And I was just like surprised for his age and just that's very good, you know. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say for like a fifty-three-year-old guy going up against a younger opponent. I mean, I say younger; he's still also in his fifties, I do believe. You know, oh, I was gonna but, say, do you know how old he is? Yeah, but I mean. To, for the difference really is is like Tyson's last fight was what 15 years ago and Roy Jones was maybe like three or four years ago so oh, okay so yeah he's a little bit he's a little bit more uh, refreshed than yeah he hasn't be. really lost his edge yet but it seemed like Tyson never lost it either his training did the trick and got him right back into fighting shape as one would say right I mean I didn't see a lot of the training videos but I know he was going off and it's a draw right but they're not going to come back and do another match because this was just a one and done type of thing yeah it was for charity it was for a good event um off the top of my head i don't remember what charity but i mean if anything's getting done for charity it's probably a pretty good cause so googling it real quick i'm straight up jamie here i'm a combination of joe rogan and jamie young jamie rogan dude young jamie it's not going to tell me. That's all right. But um, did you also, I saw the clips of the other fight, which actually ended up being a little more exciting with, um, was it Jake Paul and Robinson? That was, that lasted like three minutes, maybe five. Yeah. And he, Crazy. Robinson got slept, dude. He got, he, okay. So he pretty much one of the rounds, didn't they have to end it early or something? One of the rounds, I think, right before he was knocked out, they had, 
I just remember they had, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought they had to like end the round early because he was like too tired or something. They had to reset. I don't really know what the rules are. Um, yeah, I didn't really see that. Like, I don't really remember off the top of my head either, but um, those celebrity fights always have some interesting rules, but they definitely bring a crowd because for some reason, people in America and, and around the world as a whole really enjoy seeing celebrities out of their comfort zone and doing wacky stuff. Absolutely. Wacky for sure. Um, including coming out in a bathrobe, just completely decked out. That's like in boxing world, that's, that's being badass, right? Just, sure, just, man. just walking out in your, in your digs. Yeah. Um, do you think, do you think boxing is ever like, is something that is like other college level boxing teams? Do you think? So I think it's, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of amateur fighting. Like, I think, like, Golden Gloves is, like, a program that a lot of fighters go through when they're going up in the ranks. And I think it, it's also, like, on a timetable. Like, I think when you're a young boxer, a lot of their main goals is to, like, try and get into the Olympics and do boxing for their country. Mm. And then after that, since you have to be an amateur to participate in the Olympics, so they're like, oh, I'll get that out of the way first, and then when I'm older, I'll be a professional boxer. So that's usually the way it goes. Like I believe um, Muhammad Ali back when he was um, still Cassius Clay, that's what he did. Um, he went through the Olympics and then he um, went professional boxing and then also changed his name to Muhammad Ali. And that's the name that everyone knows today. And he's obviously one of the greatest prize fighters that's ever lived. And there's no contest with that. I was watching some of his highlights the other day after, after the Tyson match. I, I went back and watched some of Tyson's highlights and then I watched uh, Muhammad Ali's highlights and they never, yeah. they never fought. Right. And I'm obviously, no, no, not I don't, at all. I don't really know what the, what the overlap was between when Ali stopped. Cause Tyson was probably a lot like really young. Yeah. I mean, around I the time Tyson, Muhammad Ali was fighting, right? Yeah. Tyson was a kid and he didn't really, I think he was like hitting his teens in like the eighties. And then like when he was 19, he became like a phenom or when he was really young, I believe it was around the age of 19, he became, um, was on like covers of magazines. He's like the next big thing in boxing. And then from like the late eighties to nineties, he was just an unstoppable force and an absolute um, beast. Like he's just an incredible human being. He's faced adversity. He was really raised in um like a cauldron of, interesting topic like not interesting topics rather like just interesting situations like his home life was very not great and mm. he had a lot of difficulty and adversity to face at a young age and i think that really helped like mature him and turn him into um you know, the man he is today yeah of course um yeah dude and 19 year olds before our generation were built different like just well, like must have been that um that HGH the government was putting in our milk or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> they still are probably. No one'd be surprised. I don't I drink because they had to like sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I'll, I was just gonna say I don't drink milk. Yeah, no, I'm not a big milk guy. I can't swear off dairy though. I mean cheese and obviously my little secret pleasures once in a while with some ice cream. But true. Um, um, I got that. I got that frozen yogurt, um, mint chocolate chip bar in the freezer. It's pretty good. Not gonna yeah, lie, pretty good, man. But, but like, um, have you seen have you seen pictures of like Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was nineteen? 
Yeah, and I think like that's crazy. Yeah, and I think the thing is with like the difference in generations is is like people, you know, even like 20 years ago, they had to grow up in a much different world than we did. They had like a lot of different things to face. I mean, from like, you know, the end of World War II to like up until 89, like they were living in a constant threat of, you know, the whole world popping off during the Cold War. So like, you know, stress and pressure and, you know, just growing up differently, like different, like social, like, like rules and um, expectations, um, different ways to grow up. Like, you know, growing up then you were expected to, you know, have a house, a job and a you know, a family by the age of like 25. And now it's kind of like, there's a whole lot more that we have to do and the world's just a different place. So I think they had to grow up a lot faster back then and their bodies responded to that accordingly. That's crazy. That's super cool. Definitely our, uh, our kids these days probably aren't cut from exactly the same stock, but some of them you can just tell, like when you see them that, you know, they're, they just got those freak genetics when they're younger and genetics does play a huge part in that especially with with, uh athleticism um at both the college level and the high school level but we we see it early pretty early on i mean Um, yeah it's it's pretty evident when you look at the um the rookie classes going into like the nba and the, um, the nfl i mean if you look at dk metcalf he's 22 years old i'm i just turned 23 I'm a month older than him and he is a very different human being than I am. He's massive. He's six, four, you know, two, 200 plus pounds. He's an animal. Like he's just an absolute freak of nature. And, you know, he and I don't look very similar as you, as you know, very well, I do not have the same physical stature as DK Metcalf. You did, you did once have some, uh, some athletic range in you. You played in college, right? What, that was uh, a good time. I what, um, tell me a little bit about your experience. Like, what were you? What you were you were playing football? I know. Um, yeah. So um, your position though, what your position was. Yeah. So in high school, I kind of did a little bit of it all um, on the football field and did a little bit in the cross. wasn't really my main sport as football was, but going into college, I actually had the um, I had the the benefit and luxury to um part of an inaugural team uh the college I was going to the University of New England um they hadn't had a football team when I went there and then as I was progressing through my freshman year they started one up and um so I was kind of one of the the bricklayers of that foundation for that team and it was a great honor I had a great time I ended up bouncing around a bit there too um bounced around from like running back and then outside linebacker on defense. And then I played a little bit of a defensive end, depending on the scheme. Um, did a lot of special team stuff as well. When you're a, a young team and a small team, I mean, we were growing every year in numbers, but you know, a lot of the times you have to kind of bounce around when you have a smaller team and do your part in multiple positions rather than just specialize in one. Interesting. But, did that, did that like, damage your performance at all if you weren't able to hammer and focus on one position because you knew you were going to be in multiple i mean so the 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 biggest like um switch was uh offense to defense i played both in high school so i kind of had an idea of both but um that was the biggest thing because i just switched playbooks completely i had to switch from offensive playbook to defensive playbook but like playing two different positions on defense really it was 
it, you know, the techniques that you use in like the moment on the play playing field are different, but there's also a lot of similarities and also a lot of similarities and responsibility. Um, and as you're learning a position in one, like as you're learning, say outside linebacker, you're also learning the other positions because you have to have a good understanding of what they're doing. So that way you can do what you're supposed to do. And also you don't get in their way and they don't get vice versa. They don't get in your way. So right. it was um, really uh, chalk it up to the coaches. They were really great guys. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was a great time. I had a good time. Unfortunately I had to, um, you know, I didn't finish on my four years there, but it was still a good, it was still a good time and a really good life experience. And um, I'm glad I did it. And I'm glad I learned a lot from it. What was your, do you remember if your team was really good as far as standings go, like compared to other colleges in the area? Well, um, a lot of the difficulty, you know, when you're into a, um, a new program that's just starting up, you're working out a lot of kinks and you're figuring out what your team's culture is going to be and, you know, who's proficient in what area. Cause you know, you're getting a lot of kids. Like when you have a new team, you're getting a lot of kids that are, um, you know, really good players already know they're going to an established program at a high school and I mean you know I wasn't the best player I wasn't the worst player good enough to play in college uh, as you know I've said but um it you know it was really difficult the first like couple of years I was there um you know we didn't really it was more of like a 500 team I'd say we did all right you know we didn't really move too far in the standings kind of just middle of the pack but um yeah it's just it wasn't a great team it wasn't the worst team but you know, it was a great group of, group of guys and a lot of them were learning. And the biggest thing is we were all really into, um, you know, we loved football and we were also really big into, um, you know, the weight room and stuff. That was one of the biggest things at that school that was cool was it was like a sports medicine school. So we had a whole wing of, um, you know, a building dedicated to athletic development in terms of, um, you know, athletic training for recovery and um, strength and conditioning for like a weight room and all that stuff. That's super important. And that's awesome that the school had that. Um, was their gym wicked nice? Yeah, no, it was um, state of the art. I'd say the gym was probably one of the top gyms in the country. I mean, I even argue like against like some schools like Alabama and, um, you know, Georgia and Texas and all those schools. I mean, for, in terms of volume, like those schools definitely have larger gyms, but in terms of quality of equipment and quality of space design and utilization of different techniques. We were right up there with them on our, like we had probably about 14 squat racks that also counted for like, that were adjustable for a bench. And there was dead deadlift platforms built into the ground with reinforced steel plates underneath. And we had, um, you know, turf, we had like 25, 30 yards of turf and sleds to push. And we had a bunch of, um, Free weights, obviously, of course, free weights are huge and important to um, working out. There really wasn't a single, um, like, isolation machine in that gym, actually, except for um, maybe uh, just, like, certain things to work on, like, really small accessory muscles that... Or, like, a were. leg press, maybe? Not even. I don't even think we had a leg press. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was all traditional Olympic lifts and free weights. That was, the, that was um, well, the director of the... Um, sorry to go off on a tangent the director of the um sports applied exercise science department he um that was his big um thing was free weights and body control 
and he actually was a he's a very you know illustrious career he used to personal train for a couple presidents like um both bushes and um because they have a they have a spot out in kennebunk which um the school is located in biddeford so it's like right down the road what's this guy's name again um um let me try to remember i think it's heath pierce i believe is his name that's interesting Na- never would have thought about personal training for the president maybe that's a niche market i don't know what do yeah, you think? i mean it's a pretty illustrious job i feel like and you know you're not training you know nfl athletes or nba athletes or any professional athletes so little bit of the pressure is off in terms of results you're just kind of more looking for longevity and overall well-being can you remind me who tampa's baseball team is uh, the uh, tampa bay rays so one of my new co-workers he's a part-timer at the gym and he he came from working with the tampa bay rays i don't quite exactly remember like what he did i think maybe he was some kind of assistant coach um but that's kind of a, that's kind of a cool yeah that is very cool i mean cool i mean fact. honestly that's that's everyone's goal i guess in terms of um or most people's goals in terms of like sports medicine or sports fitness is that's like the, the highest tier you can really get to is being a part of a professional sports organization it was interesting he he came from doing that to a small little health club in, in Milford, New Hampshire. I guess that's what COVID will do to you relatively. Yeah, man. I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, you know? You played in high school, right? Did you, was that the first time you played sports or did you play before that too? Um, sports have always been a huge part of my life. Um, I started playing football in like the second grade. Uh, most people would kind of would rather see a non-contact sport that young. Um, I tried baseball and t-ball growing up and it just was a little too slow for me personally. And, you know, a lot of times parents want to put their kids into flag football, but I was lucky enough to where my parents decided that I was, um, you know, mature enough physically. I mean, even in second grade, I mean, we're talking second grade, so fifth, six, seven years old, eight years old. Uh, You're playing know, football in second grade. That's crazy. Yeah, man. I, and I played up until, you know, I was 21, 20, 20 years old. And I didn't pick up lacrosse until about high school. I did, Unfortunately, I didn't even know it was a sport until like the eighth grade, which is um, kind of a tragedy because it's a, I think that sport is like the most, like the sport that provides the most freedom of expression in terms of like a person. Whoa. Yeah. Um, freedom of, okay. All right. What, what kind of things are, just like personality so it's a really um of course i'll elaborate on that that's a pretty uh general term and a big claim yeah. but I no, mean, I'm, in, I'm just interested i've never yeah no um really heard that before so it's very um free-flowing in terms of the game pace and you know a lot of it's fluid movement and you know every player can put a little I mean, as in any sport, the players can put a little touch on, you know, their own personal way they play the game, but it's just, it's a really relaxed and, um, you know, it's it, obviously it's still an aggressive sport, but it's very relaxed and you can really um, flourish in terms of like how you perform and you can, it's, it's fun is what a big thing is, is you can, is it no matter how big the game is and how, 
crazy the score is or how close in the game the game is you can really just um you're still out there having a good time with the boys and it's it's just uh, it's hard to explain unless you've really been into it and I'm, I'm right. maybe I'm just not the best person to explain it but it's just that's what I that's what I got out of it it's awesome what what can you close compare it to like like football but or like hockey I'd even yeah I'd say um hockey and even a little bit of basketball because basketball you can obviously have a lot of expression as well but the passion that hockey players have I'd say is like really close to how you can express yourself in lacrosse. Um, I mean, every athlete has an enormous amount of passion, but when you see those guys on the ice, it's just, it's hard to argue that they don't love what they do every day. I was, yeah. And it's also a sport that requires a lot of power and like transferring that power, obviously to their sports specific movements. And it's like, I, I read, today that um basketball and lacrosse are kind of like in the middle between like the most most power output um i i saw like basketball and uh and soccer soccer is like more towards the top but uh and sports like baseball are more along the lines of strength development did you say yeah i agree to that like there's a lot of transfer and power and stuff um the biggest thing I have to say is, is like you learn like those sports, you do so well in basketball and, um, or at least lacrosse, you do so well because you play other sports. Like my, my high school team, there was not a single kid on that team that only played lacrosse. Like we had, you know, fall athletes, winter athletes and lacrosse, at least in new England is a, uh, it's a spring sport and as well as in most of the country, but you know, we had kids that were transferring skills they'd learned in basketball and soccer to the lacrosse field. And, you know, obviously I transferred some of my football skills as well to the lacrosse field. And I really think it created a more well-rounded team and it really brought a lot of different personalities because I'm sure, as you know, like certain sports tend to harbor certain personalities in terms of like how they act and how they go about life. And it was a real good group of guys. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess having multiple different sports as an adolescent is kind of like a blessing and a curse, right? Like we've got a lot of benefits that probably probably outweigh the the risk. But like, as you said, they make a more well-rounded team if an individual is playing multiple different sports and they develop these skills that can transfer to different ones, these movement patterns. Um, and then it really helps them to streamline and focus on what they want to pursue through college. Um, but, it, but I'm sure, but you know, it also can lead to like overtraining and it, there's, there's a lot of other factors that you need to take into consideration, like the recovery, like the athlete's recovery outside of all these different sports and how they're spending their time. It's a big one. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that I'd say about that is it's, I mean, yes, there's a lot of overtraining, but it's training different areas. And I mean, obviously you're always, you know, working your legs in any sport, there's always movement, but you're training in different directions. Like, um, 
I mean, soccer, you're always, you, it's, it's always very lateral. Same with basketball and lacrosse is extremely lateral sport. Like you're moving side to side at, at diagonal directions and football as well, but football is more of like a North South, like running scheme. I mean, there's still, obviously don't get me wrong. There's a lot of um, lateral movement as well, but um, there's not, more of not, a top speed sport, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Athlete. You're trying to get somewhere as fast as you can, as fast as possible. And, sometimes that's not always beneficial in other sports and that's what makes them different and makes them all great depending on which one you're playing. But, um, yeah, man, it's really, it's really interesting to talk about, um, you know, how they differ, but also how they relate and how you can benefit in one sport by playing another. Do you remember when you started weightlifting to help you for your sport? Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, so I was playing for one re like team in my area and then I switched to another team and that team had access to the weight room at the high school I ended up attending. And that's when I really started my, um, weightlifting career or, um, you know, habit or hobby or lifestyle choice. Um, it was probably around middle school, I'd say, uh, sixth or seventh grade. So I started pretty young. Um, and, you know, at first my parents were really concerned about, cause you know, the, as everyone says, and there's a big conversation about it these days is, um, you know, how young is too young to start weight training. Um, yeah, but, that's one that I hear. Um, I actually, I actually heard it once from one of our professors. Uh, and it was just interesting to hear a physical therapist say it. I don't know. I don't know that there's a lot of like, research that supports any risk that outweighs a benefit like we can we can get into all that i mean the, the biggest thing is to make sure that if obviously i'm sure you had people supervising you that knew what they were doing when they were living yeah. with you that's the yeah, biggest that's thing that's important exactly and that's what i was gonna kind of go into more was uh i think the biggest thing too is differentiating between like power lifting and you know bodybuilding type lifting styles versus like actual certified strength and conditioning coaches that are there to kind of teach you the way and i'm not saying i had a personal trainer a certified strength coach at that age but they didn't just focus on um you know how much can you squat how much can you bench how much can you deadlift and they're trying to put as much weight on your body as possible they were very much in tune with the mindset that you should be yeah you should bench squat deadlift you know all the traditional like movements and the olympic style lifting but if you're not gonna do it the right way you should not go up and wait you need to master that technique first and also you need to um you know pair that up with working accessory muscles because that'll help you with your bigger lifts and also working on like functional movements and i at that age i didn't really understand Mm. why they had us do all this stuff like working with ladders and doing all this stretching and you know when you're a kid you're like I just want to lift and then I want to go play football or I want to go play basketball you don't really you think it's kind of boring and but you do it because I mean you most of the kids do it because you know their coach says well you need to do this and this is what we're going to do today but yeah they need to be educated not you know just just to know that all of these things are going to benefit them in their sport. It's going to direct directly uh, relate to their sport. Like they need to have the stability to be able to do a lot in a 
state of constant like stress Um, yeah and i think um i think the biggest thing too is is a lot of the times when they're teaching these kids like kids how to exercise and weight lift and fitness there's not really an emphasis on like teaching them how to be functional in life as a whole they're trying to improve their skill in that sport which is not necessarily a bad thing but you know i think that um I saw a statistic the other day. It was out of the NCAA. And I think they said, um, hang on a second here. Um, Take your time. Yeah, sure, man. Um, (laughs) One, I seek knowledge. I'm sure the listeners, they can wait. Yeah, right. Um, If anyone's listening. (laughs) I'm sure they're listening to you. I don't know why they logged in if they saw me on the thumbnail but um you just got you you have a uh you have a marketable face i'll make your face be the cover <laughs> the cover of the episode oh thanks man that's too kind yeah dude um shit man where is it i have the notes somewhere and now they're disappeared but um anyway it's it was right, um it was from the ncaa and they said that it was like less than I think 5% of athletes in high school get a scholarship for a college team. And so that's a really, and considering that there's over, I actually do have this one, but uh, there's 60, there's 60 million kids in the United States that are um, between the ages of six and 18 that are playing organized sports, whether on an individual level, like say if they were doing swimming competitions or, they're on a team level like basketball or baseball and um so you know by the time that 60 million you know reaches 18 they're you know only less than five percent of that's getting into college and in in terms of getting a scholarship for a sports team so when you're in high school and even middle school i think there's a real importance on teaching these kids how to well, obviously you want to have a successful sports team that, you know, that'll really help a lot of kids in terms of like mental health and also physical health, of course, but teaching building confidence, them. building, yeah. building Definitely. team, team building and um, building team building, but like building the agreeableness and the collaborative. Yeah. Being like cooperative and, um, you know, also a lot of leadership skills. Like there's a lot of like opportunities and as you grow, to um, take leadership positions in sports teams, like being a captain or being like a leader on the team. If you're not necessarily the captain, you're, you know, being the example for your peers and how to act not only in the weight room, in the classroom, in the, on the field or on the court or in the pool, you know, whatever sport you're playing. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's when I was um, reading an article the other day um, and they talked about how, you know, inter- using um, INT or integrative neuromuscular training as the basis, or not as the basis, as a, um, a supplementary exercise to the uh, training programs that you'd use to train athletes. Kind of having the uh, a mental training component alongside the physical training component. More or less, it's a it's like a it's a conceptual training model, and it's um. It's actually defined as a uh, you know supplemental training program that they try to incorporate like general like as in fundamental movements and um, specific exercises that are targeted towards um, 
you know, motor control deficits, and then obviously strength and conditioning activities as well. Um, like you'd be using resistance training, dynamic stability, like core focus strength and plyometrics and, you know, doing agility-based training. So you're really designed to enhance um, like health and skill related components of physical fitness rather than just going for um, bigger, faster, stronger. Like these are, you know, techniques that are like making a more well-rounded individual. So you move in a, you know, as a physical therapist assistant like as we're learning you're trying to move in the most efficient way and safe way possible that's right no pain and injuries yeah get rid of the get rid of the no pain no gain uh movement as well because that's semi-bullshit yeah i totally agree with that man um i mean i guess you can take some pieces of that i you know like sure obviously like, like you need to understand the difference between being injured and being hurt like you know you, sometimes you got to push through some sore muscles but you need to also understand that you know the difference between having a sore muscle and having a torn muscle they're very different pains and you shouldn't work through one and i'm sure we all know and the listeners would definitely know which one you shouldn't be working through but absolutely yeah the uh that's we see that a lot with I mean, like just so with, especially with some of my clients, my younger athlete clients, like we'll talk about injuries and stuff that's bothering them. And if a particular movement especially is not working in that instance, we won't do it. Um, but there's just like, they're talking about like all the different sports teams that they play on, how many practices they have per week. And then they're coming in and training with me. And it just gets me thinking about, you know, how the potential for injury is, is severe and they need to have preventative measures. Like just a hundred percent, that should be one of the most important uh, aspects of their training program, whatever they're doing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like recovery and treatment are huge. And that really um, brings up one of the things that I have a concern with and, you know, youth athletics and adolescent athletics across the board is um there's a huge disparity in the level of um athletic training that school can provide mm. um just like different training. differences right yeah like my 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 high school we had a we had like one whirlpool and i think it was from like the 80s and it had dust like three inches high on it like no one ever touched it and our athletic trainer was like on retainer from a physical therapy place in the, the town over. So, and we only had one and we had any given season, we had like five or six teams playing. So he had to be at the football practice. He also had to be at the um, soccer practice. He had to be at the field hockey practice. He had to be for, for, you know, soccer and he had to be on the girls and the boys. And then he had to be at the cross country. You know, he had all these things that he had to juggle and it was only one guy. And that's really, not beneficial like he I guess he was really only there for as a reactionary um response versus a preventative because he was only really there to take care of people when they rolled their ankle or you know hurt themselves or god forbid they broke a bone or something like that sounds like that's all he had time for yeah exactly and I'm not putting it on him or you know anyone yeah. it's more like it's on the school because they didn't view that as something that's important where and but they played such an emphasis on the success of our sports team and how important it is to participate in those sports and yet they didn't 
do their homework and have enough of a support staff for those sports. That's definitely something that should change as the world moves forward in life. I think it's probably changing for the better. The yeah, more, yeah. The more research that's done and the more just the more people grow. And I totally agree with that. And I think a good way to help with that, if necessarily, not necessarily, like if a school couldn't afford more than one athletic trainer or they couldn't afford a, a suitable athletic training room with all the bells and whistles or even just the right tools to get the job done, um, you know, reaching out to, you know, school boards and, you know, school districts and talking about the curriculum that's in the, um, physical education programs, because a lot of these injuries could be prevented. And if the kids were taught proper movement styles and abilities, and, you know, they actually were taken into the weight room and in gym class and shown how to do these things from a, you know, a licensed professional, like a teacher that has, you know, the proper education in strength and conditioning and preventative injury and stuff like that, because um, they're there every day, kids, you know, as we all know, because we were all in school at one point, whether it's public, private, or home. I mean, homeschool doesn't really have that, but obviously. But you're there every day, so why not make the most out of your physical education class instead of playing kickball, you know, five days a week? Right. I mean, do you feel like gym class right now is kind of – it's unfortunate, but it's, it's almost like a waste. Like, there's there's a lot more that they could be doing for sure. Kids just end up dreading it. Cause, it, cause a lot of times it's mostly just like running and, and <laughs> I can just think of like the stereotypical slightly overweight gym teacher that, you know, just got like, like that got a physical education degree. And it's not always like that, but just like when I was younger, I just hated doing gym class. Cause like the only people that were good at it were the high school athletes and the others weren't really given the 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 uh the different or the the varied movements and the varied exercises and things that were uh more suitable for their level you know yeah and i totally agree and i think there's uh, multiple reasons for that um of the one glaring one is obviously a lot of schools have shifted their focus into um education which obviously as they should but um like mental like rather so they're doing like stem like sap some science technology engineering and math um which are extremely important things i'm not saying that they shouldn't focus on these things however they're really neglecting how physical education can benefit those other fields like if a kid is healthy physically healthy and they're you know exercising there's a lot of studies and research that shows like people who are active and physically active, their brain functions at a higher level because they're getting all of life's experiences and their body functions better because there's a lot of endorphins and positive benefits that are acquired through physical education or physical activity, which you could get through physical education. Exactly. It's like, it's, I don't know, needs work, but as I mentioned, they're working on it. So that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. And I think they're really missing the whole education part of um, the physical education and like the way that PEs run in the, our country today, at least. Hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Yeah, like, they're more focused on um, like games and playing kickball and all these games, which are great, but they're not reinforcing the proper movements and stuff like that. So kids end up just learning the wrong way to do a lot of movements and they end up hurting themselves and then they end up having to go to physical therapy, you know, 10 years later because they've been doing the same thing the wrong way for the last 10 years. Crazy. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to bring up one more uh, point about the the uh, the, the stigma talk, talking about get into a little bit more about the the children and weightlifting stigma. Yeah, um, sure. Because I saw you know a study that that was kind of talking about how you know children can improve their strength by thirty to fifty percent just after age twelve weeks of a well-designed strength training program and they don't need to go off more than twice a week honestly to maintain their strength but people talking about like injury and damaging of the growth plate stuff like that like that only happens if that happens right it's only because of like misuse of equipment or inappropriate amounts of weights and improper technique and that's and that just that just reinforces the point that i made earlier about how there's a big need for like trained fitness professionals so perhaps more people more fitness professionals should step into those roles uh as gym teachers for schools yeah i totally agree i think um there needs to be more of a um, more of an emphasis on physical education, like those teachers getting continuing their education and learning as their teachers as well, and even having a higher level of education before they even go into the career. Because, as you know, like in our future career, we're going to be required to continuously, you know, renew our education and go in terms of licensing. But we have to go to these you know, conferences and take these other classes and really kind of keep up to date in the way the physical world is like the physical movement and fitness world is changing because we're constantly doing research which i love i love there's research going on all the time like understanding our bodies is a like a, a paramount like goal that we should reach as a species so i think i totally agree with you on that there's there needs to be more of an emphasis on these teachers um getting a better edu education themselves and like being more prepared and willing to educate the youth. And so that way we have a healthier society. Absolutely. I'm curious to see how everything is going to move forward into the future of like, like obviously like there's people that are bringing like the fitness industry forward with you know, different, like the development of different kinds of equipment. And what you're starting to see is more of like condensing. So like they're, they're, they're making something that was kind of complicated before, not that complicated, or combining a few different concepts together for a piece of equipment. Um, I think that's important. But I'm just curious to see. Do you have yeah. any thought, thoughts about that? Yeah, and honestly, I think the more research and you know knowledge we gain in this category, the more I see fitness equipment and um, fitness techniques and programs going back more towards 
the basics actually like you you know there's more of a shift back to free weights and body weight exercises and you know being able to control your body weight and um it's not it used to be like oh i can leg press a thousand pounds which is you know a feat on its own don't get me wrong like that's rather impressive but i want to see someone do that and apply it to you know jumping or doing any other movement that would benefit from a leg press um and so you see a lot more people doing like single leg squats and free weight squats and with um, kettlebells or dumbbells or barbells. And um, I think there's more of an emphasis today, like on core strength, which is like, you know, back in the, you know, back in Tyson's day and Muhammad's day, you see these guys with these, I mean, these like they're top heavy and they're walking around like that, you know, they're looking for the gun show, you know, they got their right. biceps out, they're ready to go. And, and they got the power, the power gut, the the jelly belly. Yeah, like a the steroid, the steroid belly. Yeah, yeah, and it's just now you got to keep that that stuff tight. You got to keep it, but also mobile. There's you know a lot of research on like posterior chains and the chains in your joints, like having um like a mobile ankle, a stable knee, and a mobile hip and a stable back. And yeah, exactly. You know. But also like the spine, like another like another. Obviously, sorry, I dropped. I'm playing with something and I dropped it. <laughs> um, the yeah, like we can we can take this to like the levels of core strength that athletes should be developing as well. But like your spine and stuff, like obviously you need to use the muscles of your abs and just kind of your lower back to stabilize the spine. But it should be able to flex and extend to a certain point where stability isn't compromised but it's but it's still moving you know what i mean oh, yeah so, and I mean, so yeah no go my for thoughts it. on that is like there's it it also depends on the situation you're in like sometimes you'll need a sturdy ankle but have like a mobile knee and functional movement in life and like you'll need a sturdy hip and a mobile back like you know there's but the thing is, is they need to alternate in a way that is keeping stability, but also allowing for proper mobility and, you know, the task that you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. Core is important for anti-flexion, anti-extension, and anti-rotation. Yeah. That's, it, that's the big three. Yep. And it takes a huge, um, exactly. And it, it also, like, if you have a strong core, it really lowers the percentage of like risk for a back injury because you're having some anterior stability that takes off of the stress load for that posterior area in your back. Yes, sir. Do you think we can kind of uh, break down a lot of this into like solid skills that that uh that middle school and high school athletes since this is kind of the central the central portion of our conversation important skills that they should have that will make them successful in college i think starting with the the core the ed, core stability and the education um and then also injury prevention, those would be uh, 
and the education goes along with that. But those are, those I feel like are be would be severely important just to be educated on what they could do to hurt themselves and what they could do to help themselves now so they don't get hurt. Um, yeah. Also develop like the development of strength and what were you going to say? Yeah. So I totally agree. And with the development of strength, like the focus should be more at, at least at that age group, like the focus should be on um, like applying that strength to functional movements rather than like strict like single plane movements that you know that's the traditional like oh you need to bench press more so you can you know block better in football or you need to squat more so you can jump higher like yeah those are important but you also need to add a functional component to the training and I also think that there needs to be a heavy stress on the importance of playing multiple sports as even as young as you know like when I was six, you know, I mean, I only played football and I really wish I had played other sports because you really learn a whole lot of um, different life skills and um, things like that. And I think the younger you start, like teaching them how to be more of a well-rounded rather than specializing in one specific category is where you get the maximum amount of benefit and um, potential. And I also think when you're doing that at a young age, you, like sports are great but you also need to let these kids like just play like just let them go out and fr- it's called like free play like go out and play tag you know run through the woods climb trees safely of course we don't want any kids falling out of trees but um no that'd be bad these these movements teach um teach the kids like it like helps re reinforce like neuro neurotransmitters and you know neuromuscular um coordination and also, it helps like develop accessory muscles that a lot of times people forget about in these big lifts like bench, squat, and deadlift and things of that nature. Yes, sir. Crazy stuff. Sure, man. Very, very good conversation that we had here today. Yeah, um, I think it was a good one. Really appreciate you coming on, man. We're, we'll do this again for sure. For sure, and I mean... We'll definitely have some more topics to cover, considering the more we're learning at our shared school and also the way life goes through and our personal habits of physical fitness. Yes, we're we're just about we're just about coming to the close of the semester. Um, seems like it's a little it's there's little stuff that's going wrong here and there just because of COVID and all that. So it's it's easy to get. Uh, sidetracked in that but this this next this next semester coming up is probably going to be pretty pretty serious so it's good to know that i have your back <laughs> and we're, hey, we're got your back we'll, uh, we're gonna take this together we'll take it through to the end for sure uh, and i will i will publish my my comedy screenplay yeah man about about the the care settings and physical therapy that'll be fun for sure man if you need a if you need a guide on that or a little input i'll be around i know i know a thing or two about those care settings and how interesting they can be to say the least so interesting our teachers <laughs> our cheat our teachers are very are very good at giving uh, all jokes aside they're really good at giving us all of everything that we need everything yeah, they don't they don't sugarcoat it either. They they tell you how it is. They're um they're a good batch of um people and 
I'm glad that it's I'm learning from people that have had some real world real world experience. Yeah, it's getting me it's getting me excited about uh future career and what what part I'll be able to play in that. So that's really cool. For sure, dude. I totally agree. All right. This has been sets and reps. I regret to inform you that we are signing off, but thank you for coming in. Thank you for tuning in, listening to me and this and this man talk, chill, kick it back for a little bit. Um, Ryan, it was a pleasure having you, dude. Of course, man. I'll definitely be seeing you real soon. Be seeing you around. All right. You take care now. Peace out, man.